we passed out some candy. I must have took it all home. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> year's almost over. So, uh, get on track real quick. You can catch up in your bread reading. Amen. Because I'm telling you, you know, what What you will find as you read the Bible through each year, you're going to find that every year you're going to pick up something new. I mean, it's living. I mean, God just keep expanding your your vision and your understanding of, of the Word. And you're going to find as you teach in that Bible study, it's going to start speaking to you. God's going to start opening the door. You're going to see a whole lot more that you didn't see. Amen. And that's why we encourage you to do that because it's for your growth too. Because it's always for you first, you know. And the more you do it, you'll see it begins. I mean, it begins to flow the knowledge and the understanding, amen, of what God desires to do through all of us. He's got a purpose for every life. But we have to put forth some energy and effort to get what he wants to do through us, amen. You know, as he told the children of Israel, go forward. Amen. Don't stand here. I've told you to go forward, so we need to go forward. Amen. All right. So we've been talking last week. We started out our lesson. We were talking about overcoming lust. James chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. James asked a question. Everybody got a paper? Everybody got your paper? Um, James asked a question. Amen. From whence come what? War and fighting among you, in you. Where it come from? <laughs> it says it comes from your lusts that war in your members. Notice, it's warning in yourself, inside of you. Okay? A lot of times we don't realize a lot of our own problems is us. <laughs> you know? We, we have to get control of us, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight in the temperance area, but, but we have to control us. See, when God gives us his spirit, what did he say? Behold, I give you what? Power. Okay? I give you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. So God has given us power. And with that power comes our abilities to make right decisions. Okay? We have to get into the Word of God. We have to study the Word of God. And that's why the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom so that we learn wisdom. The Bible tells us, get wisdom. And all thy getting, get what? Understand it. You know, he constantly say, put it around your neck. Put it on your hands. Whatever. Get wisdom so that you make right choices and right decisions and not wrong choices and wrong decisions. Because every one of us has to give an account of the things that we do in this life. We know that one day we all have got to bow before him. The Bible tells us that every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we have to be overcomers. That's what this whole year we've been talking about is overcoming things that try to trip us and stop us and prevent us from becoming what God wants us to become. We have to learn how, as James says in James 1.22, don't just be a hearer of God's word. We got to be a doer of the word. Amen. And this is what God desires. Now, last week, you know, James says, you know, these warfare, 
Okay? Now, we know that Paul told us in Galatians 5, uh, verse 16, he says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, so that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says, The flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are what? They're contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Okay? When we begin to do what the Word of God tells us to do, we begin to walk in the Spirit. We list that we, we have to get an attitude of John and get so close to Jesus Christ that we can hear him, his heartbeat. You know, God, what would you have me to do today? God, what path would you have me to go down today? You know, sometimes we need to get in the habit of asking God, what would you have me to do? You know, Jesus told us when we pray to say what? Not my will, but thy will be done. See, my will must be submissive to his will. Okay? If not, then we're going to have a warfare going on. Because the flesh is constantly going to keep pulling. The flesh is constantly going to keep warring. That inner man versus the outer man is going to keep you know, our will, our will, our will is, is what gets us in a lot of trouble, you know. And we have to submit our will to his will. Amen. So we have to realize this. So we don't want to be warned. Amen. You know, so many people war and fighting in themselves, you know. They beat themselves up all the time, you know. Christians shouldn't do that. Okay. You make a mistake, what should you do? Repent. <laughs> you know, you make a mistake, repent, and ask God forgive and get back on the right track. Get back on the right train track and go forward. See, there's always going to be circumstances. There's always going to be situations, you know. And so as a result, you learn from your mistake and you move forward and you pray to God that you don't do the same thing over again. Now, if you get in a habitual of wrong, 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 what does Scripture say in Proverbs 29, 1? He that being often reproved, harden his neck, what do you say? Shall suddenly be destroyed in that, that without remedy. Okay? So when you make a mistake and you ask God to forgive you, he don't expect you to make that same mistake again. See? You're supposed to learn from there so that you get on the right track. Because none of us know when he's coming back for us. Now, I don't want to get caught short. <laughs> you know, I want to be ready, okay, when he comes. So we don't need to be fighting within ourselves. You know, the Bible says he gives his beloved what? Sleep. Sleep. You ever read Proverbs 27? 127, excuse me. You know, it, yeah. I meant Psalms, excuse me. Psalms 127. <laughs> he says he gives his beloved sleep. So you're supposed to be able to go to bed at night, lay down in peace, because I think it says you are a sheep of his pasture. You ain't supposed to be worrying about a whole bunch because he's the shepherd. Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. So I'm supposed to lay down and go to sleep. I don't know about you, but I do. <laughs> you know. And so this is what we've got to do. We should be able to lay down in peace and sleep. Okay? I can't let other people's lives... Turn mine upside down. 
you know. So I have to give them wisdom and directions and pray that they will get it right, okay. So I don't want to be tossed and driven and back and forth. You know, that's what Paul says in Romans 8, 1. He says, there is now none, no condemnation to them who are where? In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. See? See? So you ain't got no business as a Holy Ghost-filled person condemning yourself, beating yourself up like a punching bag because of somebody else's mistakes. You know? What other people do. You don't, you, don't, you don't have no business beating yourself up. Okay? That's why the Bible also goes on to say those in, in John 3. As Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He says, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. But to save the world. You know, he says, here's condemnation. Light has come in the world. But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. You know? So that's where the condemnation comes from. If you've got darkness in your heart, you'll start condemning yourself. Got to get some more light in there. Get the Word in there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made. In Him was life, and the life was what? The light. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The light comes. Amen. When you start putting the Word inside of you, the light comes. So that you can begin to see. Jesus says in John 8, 12, He that follow me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. See? And so you want to walk in the light so you can see where you're going. And that's walking according to the Word of God. So last week we talked about removing the temptations that will cause us to lust after things that we shouldn't be lusting after. Okay, and so we don't desire things that is not good for us. Okay, we we have to get into the habit that we learn God's word so that we're not lusting. John says all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, he says, is not of the Father is of the world, and the world, what, passeth away, and the lust thereof. See, if we lust after things, we must be careful that it doesn't destroy us. See, people lust for money, people lust for cars, people lust for women and men, people lust for jobs, people lust for this and lust for that, you know. And, and we have to get control of this thing. Now, last week, we, in number two, we got to the point where we was talking about cultivating temperance in our lives. Okay, cultivating temperance. If you notice, once we get saved, we come in, we have, man, we bring, I don't know, maybe you didn't, but I did. When I came in, I brought, man, all kinds of suitcases and craziness with me because I, I was in the world. I was a party animal in the world, so... It took a while to get that mess out of me, you know, because I wanted to party all the time, you know. I may, maybe that's just me, right? <laughs> and so I had to get some control. I had to get some temperance in my life, see, because if not, what will happen? I'll keep going back after the same thing, see, and this is not of God, see. So I had to have some teaching. I had to have some mentorship. I had to get along with God. 
myself. I had to go into my secret closet constantly uh, because I would say things that were still part of the world, <laughs> you know. Uh, sometimes those old words would want to slip up on me and stuff and catch me, especially when, you know, somebody would make me mad or whatever, you know. And so I had to get to that point to where I had to get some self-control, see, and that's came through spending time with the Lord in prayer and fasting and reading the Word of God and, and committing myself to Him, uh, saying, God, I need your help. God, I need you to warn me when I'm going to do wrong. I need you, as the psalmist said, put a guard at my mouth, put a guard at my eyes, put a guard at my ears. Let me hear things that's going to edify me and things that's going to build me up and things that's going to strengthen me. And so I found myself the more I would go to prayer in early morning nautical hour of prayer when the Lord would wake me up sometimes like 3 o'clock or 2.30 or whatever, I would just get up and sneak out in the living room or in one of the other rooms and I would pray and I would spend that time with the Lord. And I found out the more that I prayed earlier and the more that I studied God's Word, my old life begins to fade away, see? And I was beginning to take control now of my life. I began to see what God's Word wanted me to do, and as a result, I started putting it into play, and I started putting it into practice, you know. And when I heard the Scripture, you know, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I would tell my family, okay, we're going to get to church early. And, and I started getting involved in church things. I started getting our name on the church cleaning roster so we could clean the church and work around church and do things. And I began to find myself bringing myself, old man, under control, see, and as a result of that, I fell in love with the things of God, and those things become more important to me. And as a result, it helped me to gain control of me. See, and now I can hear that still small voice when he speaks to me and says, don't go there, or don't do that, or don't say that, or just listen. Don't implement, don't input any input in whatsoever. You know, just listen, see. And so I gained that self-control of myself. Amen. And this is one of the traits that we must all develop in us is self-control. Notice what Proverbs 25, 28 says. He that have no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without a wall. In the old days, every city had a wall around it. And that was to help to protect, to keep the enemy from not being able to have easy access into that city, see? And so, and as a result of that, you know, Solomon says, if you don't have control over you, your attitude, your actions, he says, you're the same as a city. The enemy will destroy you. And as we said last week, Satan is always going to attack you and the weak character in your life. When he finds a weak character trait in you, he's coming after you. Whether it's endurance or courage or integrity or initiative or whatever, you know, he's going to find, he's going to exploit these areas so that he can try to sneak in. 
There will always be a breach, but you've got to find that breach. You've got, if, if you find that you keep making the same mistake or something, that's a weakness. And you have to fill that gap. You have to work on that. You know, if you find yourself constantly telling lies or making excuses, that's a weakness. And Satan is going to exploit it. And so, and as a result, you've got to get control over that thing. And so you need to start telling the truth, right? Excuse and truth both only have what? One you, right? You. <laughs> it's you. You make the excuse, it's you. You tell the truth, is you. See, so you have to get control of you. You've got to have total dominion over you. See, this is what Isaac uh, told Jacob, and I mean Esau, after he sold his birthright, I don't know if you've ever read the scripture or not. And, and when Esau came in, he wanted his birthright. And Jacob, I mean, Isaac told him, I'm sorry, you know, your, your, your brother's got it already. You know, and he told him, he says, after you get dominion over it, you break the boat chain off your neck. But as long as you are still mad and angry with somebody... That's a yoke around your neck. They got the upper hand on you. See? And so, therefore, you've got to get dominion over it so you can break that thing off of you so that you can go forward. Because, as, you know, if you ever seen in the old days the slaves, they had the, the shackle around the neck and a chain or chains around the ankles and you know, and balls and everything, drag it. That you can't go any place. That's why they would do that. So it's the same concept. If you don't get control over what is hindering you from making the same mistakes and the same excuses, it's like having that big ball around your neck. You can't go forward. See? God wants you to move forward. The Bible tells us in John 8 what? Where the Spirit, I mean, if the Son has made you free, you are free. See? So when Jesus made us free, He wants us to what? Stay free. Greater is He that's in you than he that is in the world. Right? Amen. So we've got to make sure that we control ourselves. Amen. You read the same Bible I do, I hope. You go to the same church I do, I hope. <laughs> You know, so we have the same God, I hope, right? So therefore, his word speaks to us the same way. And so therefore, we become doers of that word. We have a love now for the things of God because the first commandment is, Thou shalt love the Lord, thy God, with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. And so we get our acts together, amen, and we can begin to take self-control over us. Galatians 5.23, we find this word there called temperance. Amen. Notice, temperance, self-control, amen. The virtue of one who masters his desires or passion, especially his sensual appetite. Temperance, temperance. Temperance is having power over and mastering and controlling and curbing and restraining 
ourselves. Amen. Constraining and controlling ourselves. You know, this is why we don't run to evil. This is why we don't run to shed blood. This is why we don't get involved in rioters and protests. This is why Peter says, don't think it's strange because you don't run with them like you used to run. See, the world, the, your people that were your friends in the world, when you get saved, they don't have enough. They don't understand why you don't want to keep going party with them. See, they don't understand why you don't want to drink a Bud Light. They don't want to understand why you don't want to want to go out and party and have a good time. You know, you're talking about I'm I'm saved. They said, well, I, everybody's saved. I'm saved. You know, I, you know, I was confirmed when I was a baby. I'm saved too. You know, they don't understand the difference. See, so this is what Peter says. You know. When they, they don't understand why you're not running with them and doing all the foolish things you used to do. There's a change in you. Okay? And so with that change in you now is bringing about that self-control. See? And this is what God desires. So if I was to ask you, what is stopping you from controlling you, what would it be? What is stopping you from controlling you? <laughs> you, right? Right, because you got the power. Amen. See, and if Jesus gave us the power, then you've got the control and mechanism. You are in the steering seat, and you got the feet to put on the brake. He's not going to put the brake on for you. He's, he's giving you the, the, the ability to stop, uh, to bring it to a, a complete stop. You know, this is why Solomon's mother tells him right out the gate in Proverbs 1. She says, my son, if sinners entice you, she said, put the brakes on. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood, she said, put the brakes on. She said, because the net is spread in the sight of any bird. The bird don't know the net's going to capture him. You know, she says, it's a trap. So she says, you just put the brakes on and stop. You know, don't run with them. Don't run with evil no more. You are a child of the light. You know, they're not going to understand it at first. Believe me. I know when I got saved, my friends, they did not believe it. You know, they wanted me to keep running with them. You know, I show up at a military function and, you know, the first thing they want to do is buy me a drink. You know. And I have to say, sorry. They would say things like, what are you drinking? You know, I said, Coca-Cola. Oh, come on. You you want something in it, don't you? No. Or give me a glass of water. You know, you know, I had to take control of me. See? And that was hard to start with because I used to have to have a drink every day. You know? But when I got saved, God says, he cut it out. And so I had to gain the control and mechanism to say, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm, I'm born again. I know what God's word says. And so I put the brakes on. And the more I put the brakes on, the easier it became for me to put the brakes on. You know? And now, you know, when we go to the, the Applebee's or or all 
Olive Garden, a person ain't come out with the wine baller, you know, we won't all get I just no, we don't we don't drink that, but you don't even have to go through the spill. I says, I know that's your spill, but you don't have to go to the spill. We don't drink. And they says, Okay. You know, what would you like to drink? We have soft drinks. Just give me some water, you know. See? We have to control us. See? Amen. Let let the people see. Jesus says, You are the light of the world. Gain control. Amen. So we have to stop ourselves. Temperance. Second Peter one, five through eleven. Amen. He's notice here in Second Peter chapter one, verse five. Peter says, Beside this, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and virtue knowledge, verse six, and knowledge, notice, temperance. As soon as you come into the knowledge of the truth, as soon as you come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and who he is, you have now got to start to controlling yourself. You have to gain this temperance in your life. Amen. Because power is what? Knowledge. See? And knowledge is power. And so you can control you. I'm here to tell you. You can control you if you want to control you. See? Nobody is hold, need to hold a gun to your head. Amen. You can do this thing. Amen. You should not allow evil to control you. We have to get to the point that we love what God loves and we hate what God hates. Amen. We know that God loves sinners. We should love sinners. We know that God hates pride, you know, arrogancy, feet run into mischief, false tongue to speak lies, all these things. See, we got to get control, brothers and sisters. See, because if we tell lies, you know what the Bible says? God has sent a strong delusion. If we believe lies, rather, he will send a strong delusion that we even believe more. See, so he wants us to be truthful because God is truth. And the tree always produced what? The fruit. So we have to gain control of our lives. Amen. And so that we can avoid the evil and choose the good. We must be able to control our own lawless propensities, our inclinations, our imaginations. Bring it all under control. This is why Paul told the church at Corinth in Second Corinthians, amen, uh, 10, 3 through 5, he said, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We have to take these tendencies to do wrong and says, no, I'm tired. I got to get to a point in my walk with God as a child of God that says, I'm tired of doing wrong. And I want to do what is right. You see, because I'm his child. See, I want to make the right choices. I want to do make the, the right decisions in my life. See. Because if I do wrong, then I'm afraid. Because I know when I do wrong as a child of God, now, now I'm afraid, is God mad with me? 
You know, is, is, is God going to zap me when I get sick? Is God punishing me? So see, this is what happens. We start condemning ourselves. See? And this is not of God. There's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So we want to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasings. Amen. We want to be firm in our habits and rules and, and our actions and our affections and our passions and our life for God. Getting control over all our anger. You know, are you one that gets angry over little things? You know, anger should have left you when you got saved. See? That should have that should have been one of the first things that left. Yelling and screaming and hollering and kicking the dog across the yard. You know? All these things should have that, that should have been gone. If you still have those inclinations and temperaments in your life, you might want to check your Holy Ghost. Because that means you're not doing anything to control you. See? The family of God, church family, natural family, work family, should be a cohesion area. If people, and your, if your family is saved, there should be peace in the, in the camp. You know? But if you are yelling and streaming and hollering and kicking the dog and swearing and all that, it didn't check out your, your, your spirit. What did James say? This stuff doesn't come from God. It comes from the devil. See? And you need to get, get Satan his suitcase and says, okay, bud, you've been in this house too long. You need to just pack up and head south. Because that's where you're going, down. <laughs> you know, go ahead on and start your journey where God is taking you. Because you ain't staying in this house. See? So you've got to get control of your dominion. Your dominion. You are in control of your dominion. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The last time I checked, the Bible says. So if I'm the temple, then the temple has got to be holy. The temple has to be righteous. See? There should be nothing in your house but pure love. See? Because the scripture tell you what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Get control over this thing, brothers and sisters. Amen. This is what God desires. When you are being drawn, you have to be able to stop and ask yourself, is this of God or is it of my own will or my own flesh or myself pulling me? Now, last week, I, I told you, that they, I read on the internet where it says 750,000 young girls ages 20 and between 10 and 20 is pregnant every year. That's a lot of young ladies. 750,000 between 10 and 20 years old. Yep. Some young girls just mature faster than others. Yeah. And so, it's a lot. Amen. And so, 
lust is just running crazy. So we have to get control of it. And so we are filled with the Holy Ghost. Look at Romans 1. I, I, I think I have my wife. This, I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. I, I've stumbled across New Living Translation. I like to read it a lot here. Now watch, you know, if you don't have it in your Bible, you can just read it up off the board here with me as uh, she has it here. For, notice what he says here. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Notice, people don't have an excuse for not knowing God. All you got to do is just look around. I didn't create the tree. <laughs> you know, just like Genesis said, I didn't create the dog. I didn't create the cat. You know, just like Genesis said. Amen. Yes, they knew God, but they would not worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they became, began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utterly fools. And instead of worshiping in glory, the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulge in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sex relationship with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffer within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish, foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. They lived, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, Envy, murder, quarreling, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invented new ways of sinning, and they disobeyed their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Think about that. That's the world we live in. That's the world we live in today. See? Now, do you have 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 7? In the NLT, in their base. 
Second Timothy chapter three, verse one, the New Living Translation. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scornful at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasures more rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay from people like this or like that. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. So you see why you've got to get control over you. We've got to have dominion and control over us. We cannot allow ourselves to keep going astray. Amen. Lust without temperance puts you in a place, will put you in a place that you don't want to be in. See? So we've got to control ourselves. Amen. In Acts 20, 24, Paul reasoned with Felix. The Bible says in Acts 24 and 25 that Paul was standing before Felix. He says, and Paul reasoned with Felix of righteousness and temperance and judgments to come. Felix trembled. And answer, go thy way for this time. When I have a more convenient season, I will call thee again. So apparently Paul was was trying to get him in line. See, he talked to him about being right and talked to him about getting some control in his life because there is a judgment. And we have to realize when we read the word of God that judgment to come, it should make us tremble. You know? The Bible says that Satan believes there's one God and what? He trembles. You know, if Satan's afraid of what's going to happen, don't you think we should serve God out of reverence? Loving him with all our heart and mind and soul and strength? Amen. Having control of self. Not letting lustful thoughts and evil thoughts and things pull us for. The world, the ways of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. We don't need to let lust pull us. We've got to overcome lust. You know, the enemy is always going to keep putting these temptations and things out there before us. But we've got to have self-control to know what God's Word says so that we don't go after them. Amen. We've got to get control. Paul told Timothy also in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, you know, if you want to go there, 2 Timothy 3, verse 6. I think you already did that, didn't you? That's right, you already did that one. But again, of this sort of they which creep in the houses leave captives, say the women's labor sin, away with what? Divers lust. 
Notice. So apparently these women that Paul is speaking about, they were apparently in the church. They were apparently, because he's writing to the church. See? So apparently they had a relationship with God. As I said before, you know, the Corinth church was kind of Paul's troubled church, you know, and stuff. And so we have to be careful, you know, as, as children of God, whether men or women. But notice he, he, he talks a lot about how the woman is easily led about. I will tell you, in my 30-some years of ministry, most uh, families that has fallen and gone astray a lot of times is because of the wife. Is, is led away by divers' lust. You know, somebody gets to them. And this is why Paul says in, in Corinthians about Eve. He says, I fear lest by any means the serpent beguile Eve through his subtility, your mind would be uh, corrupt through the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, and so we have to be careful. We've got to control ourselves, whether men or women or children or boys or girls. We've got to be doers of God's word. Say, we've got to be so sold out to the truth of God's word that we know how to put up the stop sign and say, you ain't coming in my house Satan, see? So we have to be careful and not let this. And so, like I said, by all account, he, the, these women was in the church. They, they apparently hadn't got themselves rooted and grounded in the faith. You want to be rooted. You want to be grounded. You want your mind made up. Nothing to be able to separate me from the love of God. You know? I want to love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. You know, and I believe in these last days, God wants to use women and men and boys and girls for the kingdom. But we can't allow the enemy to lead us away with divers' lust. Say, we have to learn how to wait upon the Lord because what Isaiah say, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Paul told Titus in Titus 2, 2, he says, Even the aged men, that they be sober, grave, temperate, sound in the faith, in charity, in patience. So Paul says to the old men, he says, teach the old men to, 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 you know, have self-control. See, all of us, is not, we're not exempt. Those old guys today, you know, I mean sometimes, and I hate to say this, but I don't understand why some 60, 70, 80-year-old person think they still need to be teenagers. I've, I've yet to figure out <laughs> why they feel like they got to look like a teenager, act like a teenager, you know, go out with teenagers. You know, we we got to get control. You know, I have to get control of me. You know, I... 
I'm not a spring chicken anymore, a rooster rather. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to control me. <laughs> because if the enemy finds I got a weakness as an old man, what is he going to do? He's going to go after me. You know, he knows I, I'm trying to be saved too. And he would like nothing better than to derail me at the end of the finish line. See? So, yeah. So we have to keep pressing. We've got to be strong. As the older we get, the more, the older we get, the stronger we should all be in the faith. See? This is why Paul says in Hebrews 5, at the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which becomes the first principles of the oracles of God. You know, you don't, if, you know, when I, I really believe that when Jesus came to that fig tree after three years and he didn't have any fruit on it, he says, Cuss, curse it and cut it down. I think that to me is a prophetic uh, showing that if you don't get involved and when Jesus comes looking for something on your life after three years, and you ain't got nothing to show, he's not a happy camper. You know? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. But but we we do <laughs> but we do we <laughs> Glory to God in the highest. <laughs> Come, Lord Jesus. But we do. <laughs> but we do. We we must gain, amen, control and, and, and temperance over, <laughs> over us. <laughs> Praise God. I'm thinking I'm going to have to quit. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you're fine. But amen. But we, we do. We have to. We have to gain control of ourselves, amen, so that so that we do not fall, amen. And so because, you know, there is always going to be these lusts of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life, and things that will try to trip us and stop us and prevent us. But we must press towards the mark. We've got to keep going forward, amen. And we've got to definitely get control of ourselves from our anger, our speech, you know, everything, you know, and, and I believe, you know, when, when the Bible tell us in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16 and through 18, that when we are born again, we will speak in new tongues. I know we're going to, that means we're going to get the Holy Ghost speaking in new tongues as well. But I do also believe our speech changes. You know, the words we use, we use words of edification and not turn down, you know, our speech, we don't curse anymore. You know, God does. He takes, don't we teach that when, when God gives us the Holy Ghost and we speak in tongues that he takes control over my tongue? So I think he, if that's the case, he's the one to put the words in my mouth. So therefore, my words should be pure words. They should be edifying. Anger, yelling, and cursing, and hollering, and all that stuff should be gone. See, we got to be that love connection. 
Amen. That love connection. Amen. Love ye one another. Amen. Praise God. So next week we're going to look at some more of, of these things. And so you got your lessons, so study. You know, if you have questions, write them down and uh, we can discuss them as we go through these lessons as well. You know, amen. Praise God. All right. Thank you. Amen. Sunday service schedule. Amen. Prayer at 9. Discipleship class at 930. And 1030 is worship. Amen. Praise God. Father, we exalt you again tonight. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness. God, continue to help us, O oh God, to be your servants in the things you desire of us. I pray for a special blessing upon your people, God, that as they grow in you, as they walk worthy of the Lord, that you continue to bless them over afresh and anew. That you go before them, Lord God, and lead them and direct and order their steps, because you said the steps of a good man and woman is order of the Lord, and you delight in their way, O oh God. And I thank you for each and every one of them. I pray a special blessing upon them for healing and strength and power and anointing. And I pray that you continue to give them the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding of you first and foremost in your way, in your desire, in your will, in every one of their lives. Bless them and heal them and strengthen them. God, boy, I open up the windows of heaven. And I pray that you would pour them out blessings that they will not have room enough to receive them. And God bless them in every place and everything that they do as your children in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.